This is a conversation with my friend James, who is based across the pond in England. Uh, we start out talking about Brexit, then we move into some of the problems with communication and language and persuasion and listening in this mobile digital first age that we reside in, before finally getting into some generational stuff too. I think we even work Emma Watson in there at one or two points. As a final quick note, I've got a few more episodes taped to publish, but it's drying up a little bit. So if you think you might be interested in coming on for 25 to 30 minutes to talk about life, love, and the pursuit of adulthood, shoot me a message. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this episode with James, and let's get to it. That's a big question. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't need to have some super detailed answer for it. I just I'm always curious. I, it depends which angle you, you 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 come at it from. To be honest, I mean, I I I I, I was an am pro Brexit, um, and I don't okay. I don't think I've lost my brain. Uh, mm-hmm. But the <sighs> There's so many. Every everyone that's pro or against has got their own particular angle. Yeah, it's kind of uh, like everything in the. It's kind of like everything in the U.S. right now. It's like super left right. You know, you can't have any discourse without it becoming left right, and it's like it just uh, really reduces the ability of people to have an actual conversation. You know. It, 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 exactly. I mean, my my particular angle is one of uh, voting power and um, self determination because the way the the way in which Europe is set up, which I don't know how well it translates into the into the states, but the the way in which Europe is set up is that even if all the representatives that we sent from the UK were all in agreement that they were all going to vote in the same way, it would still make no difference because they're in a minority amongst right. all the other people in, in in the European Union. So I think we've got something like 15% of the overall seats in Europe. Um, so the only way to stop anything happening in Europe is by veto, which is down to the prime minister to do. Right. The, um, so there's no adjustment or taking into consideration different people's views there's just kind of one drive towards a unified from my perspective totalitarian kind of europe yeah and and, and i i i actually i'm old enough <clears throat> to have i actually campaigned to go in 1975 mm-hmm. when we joined the european economic community as it was then called uh-huh. A campaign to go in. Um, so I am a, a Europhile and European and all those kind of things. But um, and when our prime minister went over trying to get a deal to to take into consideration kind of the differences that that we have and was told to go away and came back with nothing. That's when my views kind of changed because I was hoping he'd come back with something and then we could 
you know, move forward. But the, there's um, the whole design of the thing and, and the bureaucracy of the thing is such that there is a driving momentum. And if you try and stand in the way, it just kind of rolls over you. Yeah. And that worries me. That, right. that worries me a lot. But when, when I was, you know, when, when, when the whole thing was taking place, I met people who were pro-Brexit that I really wouldn't be happy to share a room with, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right, for sure. Uh, very, for sure. yeah, kind of, you think, oh my goodness, I'm kind of on the same team, as it were, as this person who, you know, they, they really do need to go and see someone about their problems. Yeah. Um, do, you, um, do you think that, like, uh, this is like such a generalization, so I don't know if you can even realize everybody being different and every situation being different. But do you feel like broadly, sometimes in society, high level term, it feels like we kind of listen to each other less or maybe another way of saying it that I always think about is. I even feel like the scale of the internet, the scale of mobile, it just allowed everybody to find their exact niche in terms of belief structure. So they never really have to come off it. Cause like if they're in a conversation with somebody that's totally different, they can run back to Reddit or Facebook or a preferred news source and like find their perspective again. You know, it just feels like it's kind of made, conversation more challenging in the last 10 to 20 years i don't know if you ever feel that way i totally i totally agree with you what what i've seen and and experienced firsthand is people seeking confirmation bias yes they're seeking to have their own view fulfilled and i i was a few years ago now i was on one particular forum uh, on on linkedin a sort of big discussion group that was talking about, well, supposedly talking about the uh, the environment and and global warming or climate change as it's now as it's now called, and um, it was a very interesting experience because it was mostly populated by people from the U.S. and if you expressed a view on either side of the fence of you know denier or um advocate mm. the other side immediately pigeonholed you as being of a particular political um persuasion yep around being american right and i i had i had a particular person who decided because i was asking some questions about um the science behind it and, and right. trying to have a debate about the science behind it. Um, it was decided that I was a denier. And then I was told I was a Republican, <laughs> uh, right wing fascists, etc., etc. Right. And I, 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 by someone who had a very professional title, because, right. you know, it's LinkedIn, it's not anonymous. Yeah. Um, who who invited me to um, said if you ever kind of met me you'd like to take me into the shower block and do various things to me and, and I and I invited him to look at my profile to find out that I wasn't actually even American yeah so it's uh, funny too because it's like um, it's just like such a 
it's like a rapid assumption based on you asking a legitimate question to get additional context or information, you know? And that's what I think is insane. It's like someone can be pigeonholed so quickly just in the pursuit of information. And what's ironic is like we're supposed to live in this data-driven, data-focused time. But then in a lot of conversations, if you ask questions to pursue more information, more quote-unquote data, you get told that you're like a fascist or like a uh, like a libtard or whatever, right? <laughs> and it's just funny that like we like the snap to judgment feels. Now I'm only like late 30s, but I would say even 10 years ago when I was like late 20s, it felt like you could have conversations and get further without assumption of political leaning or assumption of ulterior motive and i don't know if that's the internet or if it's like uh brexit nationalism trump stuff like inflames people i don't know if there's a root cause to it but it does feel that way you know i i i mean i i've only got theories not not anything supported by you know, substantial evidence, but what it feels like is uh, over over here, the uh, kind of religion is as you know di- di- disappeared or it's left a left a vacuum, and and people are trying to fill that with other ideologies, and, and they've become ideologies in in my lifetime. And when I when I was um, in, at school in the seventies. I can remember we used to have debates at, at, at school about fox hunting and, you know, unions and political parties and whatever. You know, there was nothing particularly uh, that, that you couldn't discuss. You know, we had de- debates, for goodness sake. Yeah. I don't think you could have now. Right. My, I, uh, I agree with you 100% on that. I was going to say my girlfriend is a lawyer. And she wants to apply for this. uh, It's like an essay prize, basically, that I think Uh the U.S. Supreme Court sponsors it. And it's funny because the 2020 topic is about the decline of debate and discourse in society. So she's like, hey, can you help me um, write it or structure it? Right. And. I mean, there's so I just started a couple of days ago looking into it, but even in like two or three days, there's so much research on kind of like the decline of debate programs at the high school and university level. Like there's a couple like uh, Internet statistics in terms of like how quickly into a thread something becomes like a basically a people screaming at each other in caps it's interesting because it's like you do look at the information out there and it's hard to find any other conclusion aside from there's broadly a decline of debate in society you know and what what scares me a lot is the this no platforming that that takes place you know especially in in seats of learning you know like universities Mm -hmm. where you're meant to go right and, and work out what your ideas and your views are. At least that's what you're meant to do when, when I was that kind of age. 
Mm. And you're meant to go through some kind of process of evolution, whereas now it's I don't want to hear anything that challenges any of my beliefs. So please, you know, just don't let them come along. Um, right. The safe space idea. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it's great. I, I don't know if you're aware of a there's a book by a guy called Douglas Murray, who's a UK guy um, called The Madness of Crowds. Yeah, I feel like I've I feel like I've actually read it. I might own it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But he, he, I mean, if half the stuff, I mean, I've checked out some of the things he writes about the. Uh, some of which comes obviously across the pond from from the US. So, uh, you know, it's distant news, as it were, but about people being held up for using the wrong word or the wrong yeah. phrase or uh, and then told logic doesn't matter. They can't have an opinion because they're the wrong shade of shade of skin color and yep. of a certain age. And, and you think, my goodness, you know, it's. Yeah, the U.S. Um, the U.S. equivalent is the the Jonathan Haidt book. It's called Coddling of the American Mind. And it's okay, kind of, it's kind of the same deal. Uh, that I read that too, and the big one. There's a lot of examples in that book, but the big one I always remember is there were two uh, tenured professors at Yale, which is a, I mean that's a very reputable school. It's produced like six u.s presidents or whatever and they basically they were married and they were in different departments and i don't know if they both lost their jobs but she definitely lost her job and it was over something like a halloween costume like she sent an email i might be getting the story wrong but she sent an email to one of her classes saying hey just be um socially and racially cautious about Halloween like you know don't dress in blackface or whatever right and a couple of her students complained that she was like prevent presenting worldviews that they didn't want to experience or whatever and it led to this whole PR thing and she lost like a tenured job right and I was just like, this is, that's ins- I mean, I think I might have gotten those details wrong, but it's something like that. And I was like, that's insane that you could lose a 10-year position at, like, probably one of the 10 best schools in the United States over, like, an email where you were trying to be respectful of multiple groups, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just like the thinking is too... I don't know, triggered or whatever word you want to use, you know, it does feel like a little bit dangerous, though, conceptually. Yeah, it does. It, it's, it would say, when, when people are being told that because they aren't, they can't possibly have firsthand experienced whatever it is that the individuals experience, and therefore they can't have a view. Right. That's, that's right. when it becomes impossible to represent people apart you from know, you know, it's okay. So, probably about three years ago, um, maybe three or four years ago, I got divorced, and so I was obviously living with my ex, and the, she decided to move out instead of me. So the week that the weekend that she was moving out, I live in Texas, but I obviously don't let that. Um, color me because I'm actually pretty liberal in general I I have to always add that as a disclaimer but (laughs) 
Uh, okay, so I, she was moving out. I went to Arizona to visit uh, one of my friends just to get out of town. So I was in Arizona, and he has two daughters, right? And on the Sunday I was there, his wife was like, hey, um, can you return some clothes for me to this, to this uh, store as like Gap or something? So we're doing errands with one of his daughters, and we were in front of this Apple store, and there was like a little, like a 10-pound dog, 15-pound dog, right? And his like four-year-old daughter just went up and like kicked this dog, right? Like kicked huh? this 10, 15-pound dog, right? And I was like, holy shit, right? So... I started, I told him, like, hey, you know, uh, I forget how I phrased it, right? I think his back was turned at the moment. But, like, he did the same thing that we're talking about where he was like, oh, you wouldn't understand because you don't have kids. And I'm like, well, I feel like I understand that kicking a dog is a bad thing, right? So Mm. it was like, it's it's funny because you see it like, he, like, I, I had known that kid at the time for, like, 15, 20 years, right? And it's, like, instantly it was, like, an in-group, out-group thing where it's, like, well, I'm going to defend my daughter by saying what you don't know or understand or can't relate to the experience of, right? And I was, like, well, I don't know. It's, like, I mean, I feel like kicking a dog is universally bad, you know? You think but, <laughs> but it was like instantly it went to that place and i just feel like that's almost a microcosm of what you see in discourse a lot these days you know yeah i mean it, it's 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 difficult to know really how how we've got to this place you know there's so much intelligence around and yet there seems right. to be so much um well lack of intelligence or or well, I don't know. I don't know what you can politely call it, to be to be honest. Yeah. So I mean, I, I've it, it's like this whole the whole race thing. In 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 as much as um, my my godson is a I don't know what the right political correct phrase to use is, but is a person of color. Should we? Okay. We, I think that's the right phrase to use. Yeah. I I don't know what his and his family's personal experiences all the time of 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 racism i'm sure he gets some yeah I, I get plenty of bigotry for being a, a, a 55 year old white male you know it's yes yeah. but it's not the same as his experience and whatever happens to him is appalling right because it you know if, if it happens to him and the situations it happens in i don't know why people feel able to do that but if i can exp- you know obviously i've got an opinion on it i think it's awful but it's um you you feel that the uh having an opinion and wanting it to stop is almost um uh it's okay to have that opinion but you don't really matter because you're not really involved you're just a spectator right it's it's you know, it, 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 it's bizarre. I, I had two kids in the street once uh, a few years back uh-huh. who were, one was be- beating hell out of the other one. Mm-hmm. And um, they were right outside my, my property at the time. And I, 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 
um, exchange some words with them, suggesting that one of them stop beating the heck out of the <laughs> other one. Um, and uh, the one that was being beaten up told me to go and uh, do one. Right. <laughs> and I thought, that's just, that's bizarre. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I will just, you know, carry on being beaten to a pulp. Yeah. It's just that's, unbelievable. That's bizarre. I would also say within all this, like, uh, one thing I always think about, especially on the race continuum, is um human beings generally like action items um they kind of want to be told like do this they like tasks um at the end of work meetings and stuff they like to be told like this is what to do next right i think one thing that's hard with race stuff is that a lot of times people talk in these grandiose words and they say like uh we all need to trust each other and understand each other and find unity and those are very hard 35,000 foot level concepts to embrace and I think the fact that there's not an action item is what derails it a lot of times so I Mm. think you should just go tell a white person like hey find a find a uh, African-American person of color club in your area or a bar in your area that's mostly people of color and go there and talk to people about their life and their career like something as small as that I think would be better than all these people posting utopian stuff about unity Um, because I just feel like people need a specific action item in order to move forward on this stuff and that's what we seem to often lack you know yeah i mean i i guess i mean i my 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 cousin married um this guy from uh well originally he was originally the family's from jamaica so he's jamaican um when i was like 10 which was you know quite radical back in the was it beginning of the 70s relatively speaking um and and i grew up with with you know, that, the family being around and the fan, fantastic, you know, experience. Um, uh, and I don't, I just don't tend to see colour anyway until people start pointing it out. And, and right. then, then you have to kind of think, oh, should I be treating people differently and should I be noticing it because then I need to be sensitive and behave in a different way to the way I behave talking to you, for example. Right. And and then you start feeling sort of uncomfortable, whereas otherwise I kind of didn't notice. My kids went to school and they, you, you'd say, you know, which girl did what? And they wouldn't say, oh, it was the, you know, the the, the um, Chinese girl, as it were. They'd say, oh, it's, you know, so-and-so with the dark hair. Right. They just don't see ethnicity or they didn't see ethnicity, which is fantastic. You know, yeah. Uh, but that's, we seem to I have mean, gone back, back, backwards, back backwards. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, they're forced to force forced force to notice it. But it's not everyone. It's 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 just. I I don't know how we get to a place of. Um, I mean, obviously you've got all sorts of things kicking off in the states at the moment, and you know, for all sorts of. I can understand why, um, and people not making it very much better by the sound of things, but. Um, 
luckily it's not that bad here. But. Yeah. So that's like that's a, a pivot thing that I wanted to make. So I don't a lot of people will say raising kids on this or whatever, but like let's say between about 30 and 55. So obviously that's a wide swath of time, but what do you think some of the biggest kind of realizations um, or life uh, perception changes that you had were, and obviously I'm not a, Whoa. Uh, yeah, I know, you know, it's a big question. So I'm not, you, you don't have to have some otherworldly answer to it, but I always like to see like, as people move through different decades of their life or whatever, what, what are some of the bigger things that um, kind of change for you? Well, in that in that whole period, I've I've been self-employed. Oh, really? From my own businesses because at um, 32-ish, uh, I set up on my own, and I haven't worked for a directly for a big company ever since. So, you know, I've spent those years uh, in freedom, as it were, um, exploring and uh, building businesses and having them trashed and you know so, <laughs> so and uh, I, I i don't know in terms of i mean i had a lot of uh, moments of epiphany as it were but uh, it's I, th- I think the thing is is nowadays well what what i've had to do is is remain extraordinarily adaptable to very rapid change yeah and and uh, so i think curiosity and remaining adaptable and open uh i, I think those are the things that i've kind of learned and you can't you can't kind of have enough of it really um because otherwise you do get tripped up by something from left field because everything changes so much um, be prepared to to uh, to change your opinions, right? You know, don't don't hold anything too tight because um, you, you you need to be very very well informed and very very sure if you've got an opinion that uh, you want to fight over. What do you think the main? I've always felt like, and I've seen some famous people say this too. Do you feel like the main? kind of way to be able to shift opinion is just like don't have an ego that or don't take yourself too seriously in terms of like even when you feel like you're an expert or semi-expert in some business or concept or whatever just realize there's always room that you can grow or not understand I just feel like the people I've worked for that never change their opinion, which always end up being shitty places to work. They have these huge egos and like they trust their gut way too much. Right. So it feels like the easiest way to set yourself up to change your own opinion is like not to take yourself super seriously. I don't know if you found the same thing or if you have advice on like how to, be willing to change your thinking or opinion because I do feel like a lot of people struggle with that. I, I think it's be, be be determined, but but remain adaptable. I think it was was um, uh, somebody like Denning who said, you know, 
I, I spend all my I've spent all my life uh, telling people that that you know people are the most important asset in a business, and people agree, and then next minute they fire them. <laughs> and, and and I and and he he sort of said towards the end of his life he he felt he'd been unsuccessful because whilst everyone had said what a wonderful thing that he you know offered the world nobody had actually done it right and, and so uh, i mean I, I work with human behaviors a lot and the more I, I sort of the longer i live the more curious i become about how i mean this whole covid thing at the moment is 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 a is a curiosity to me in as much as We've got pe- people at the moment campaigning, as you have in, in, in the States, you've got people campaigning to go out and mix with, with, with people on the streets or go on a beach or all, min- or, all go back to normal, as it, as it were. Right. And, and yet the um, logic and the, the functioning of, of viruses is, is well known. It's not gone away. Right. It's still there. There's still a risk. And and there's a there's obviously a, a greater desire amongst people to go back to how they were before that was a lockdown and a and a shutdown rather than protect life. Right. And and but when people start dying in larger numbers, you 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 kind of know that people are going to start shouting and screaming about how could they have been allowed to do these things? You know how come is it that these people are now dying? Uh, and, and you can you can almost predict it going backwards and forwards and swinging backwards and forwards, uh, and yet people are re- you know we have beaches absolutely stocked full of people at the weekend, and and it, it just baffles me. It, it's it, well it, it baffles me, but it's highly curious to me because you'd think people would be more concerned about their health but they don't think it will happen to them and they think it's overplayed and they're saying it's conspiracy and and all these kind of other things so you i don't think you can predict what people will do right um and though therefore having an opinion and having a an idea or what you want people to do is very hard to um you can't just sort of go and prosecute it as it were because people are relatively unpredictable in large volumes as to to what how how they'll behave towards things um yeah if you can't even be persuasive in 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 an argument because you're you know as i say the the wrong age or the wrong color or the wrong background or um you've got the wrong qualifications or whatever to be then you know you're going to be surprised really so in the in the stuff you've done around like human behavior human interaction do you think there's any i know like the modern world is like a little bit screwed up and different but do you think that there's a do you think there is a pathway to kind of like get people to listen to each other more effectively or consider Uh, other perspectives more effectively whether that's business or personal like have you seen such a a model aside from the two people having self-awareness and being willing to listen uh, have you seen anything that it feels like it works a little bit better um, for the people that feel like 
they constantly run into the wall of like being called a fascist within 12 seconds or whatever. <laughs> well, what they do is they keep quiet. Right. I mean, the, the, the people I know that the younger people I know that have uh, views that would bring that uh, accusation just don't say anything. Which is, which I think is one of the reasons why when they, you know, when polls are taken and they say, oh, you know, how, how's this party or how's this group going to do? And they say, oh, not so well. It's because people aren't owning up to it. They're, they're, you know, we've had the situation here. We had uh, Margaret Thatcher, who was in for, I think it was 12 years. It was a long period of time. And, and you could never find anyone that had voted for Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, and we had the same with, 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 with Tony Blair, who became unpopular because of Iraq. You can never find anybody that voted for him either. So people just won't own up to these things or, or, or you know, admit that they, that they did and, and express their view. They'll just keep quiet. But when they get the opportunity, they walk into the ballot box and they vote in a particular, particular kind of way. I mean, the, I, I think the whole... You asked me about Brexit at the beginning, and I wrote a couple of pieces uh, before the Brexit vote and and before Trump was was elected. Yeah. And and my particular behavioural take on it, aside from any uh, political leanings, if you like, so completely devoid of of those, was was I was looking at it from a point of view that the the people that are, were driving. Um, the sort of anti-Trump thing and the the um, Brexit anti-Brexit side were people with ideologies that were admirable. You know, they they wanted great things, they wanted good things, but the way that they were putting them over, obviously, in my view, was disenfranchising people yeah. who were trying to make a living. And trying to get by, and and I've pulled on um, Maslow's pyramid because you know at the top you've got people who are aspiring to for self-realization. Right. And at the bottom of the pyramid, you've got the people who are just trying to survive. Yep. And and what I think we had was people that were looking for this self-realization and the sort of Nirvana world, preaching to the people who were at the bottom saying look you know look 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 at the fantastic view from up here and they're too busy you know cleaning the shit off their shoes yeah um, and, and and trying to find a crust of bread to eat to to not even be bothered with obviously this fantastic nirvana that 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 people were trying to offer and then what they did was they turned around and told them that, well they were all too thick and stupid because yeah. they couldn't buy into what they were preaching now actually the not so bright people were the people who were pushing an ideology not understanding so we come back to this perspectives piece they really didn't have an understanding of the perspective of the people that were and still are suffering further down their tree um yeah there's a there's a there's a joke that goes around in in business about the the, the i don't know if you've heard it probably have the the monkeys in the tree oh yeah yeah, yeah. And, and I think I think it's a bit of that uh, or a lot of that. So th there's a loss of there's a loss of reality and perspective. Some people uh, at the top have become divorced from the realities 
of the people further down the tree and the people further down the tree kind of get it they get that they've they've lost it and they have literally lost them you can only lead if you've got people that will follow you and they're just going no just no so part of the the the, the brexit thing and and obviously from what i can see because obviously i'm i'm english and not american right about what happened in in, in the states with, with trump was was people saying no we don't buy into that and there was no real from my perspective sane alternative right. the same brexit there were it was either one or the other it wasn't yeah. wasn't a compromise there wasn't yeah. a compromise offer and you know we've got what will or won't be a complete and utter mess with with brexit because the adults won't agree <laughs> on, 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 on a solution because they're just being uh, well partisan and and you seem to have a pretty similar sort of problem in in, in the u.s so mummy and daddy are arguing all the time yeah, yeah exactly and the kids have got to decide who they go want to go and live with right yeah that's a, that's a perfect way to explain it and, um, and it's, it's i mean you know it, it, it speak to any i've luckily i've not been in that situation as as a, as a child but anybody that's been through that where mommy and daddy are always arguing and not happy you know they, they they have an unhappy time of it yeah it's um, through, no, through no fault of their own uh, okay so on the on the hierarchy of needs thing too um, i grew up uh, pretty liberal and most of my uh, friends growing up are like, I would say kind of like fake liberal in the sense that they espouse like justice for all or whatever. But I know a lot of people who like if a minority family moved into their neighborhood, they would raise eyebrows or whatever. Right. So it's maybe not 100 percent truly liberal, but. Um, on the Maslow thing, what's funny is with Trump, people will make a big argument about, oh, like uh, Russia intervened in the U.S. election or whatever, and they'll always try to talk that type of stuff up, right? And then you're like, okay, but the people that voted for him, they worry about their next paycheck and whether their manufacturing facility is going to close and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So they don't, um, they don't like, they care about the bottom of the pyramid because that's where they're at and that's what they need to optimize, right? If you have a bunch of money and a nice house and a stable industry, you can worry about Russia and like operative involvement in elections, right? Most people do not have the luxury to worry about those things, right? And I would say, even in the past five years, like, I've had really uh, good or above average financial and, like, personal years, and then I've had, like, two or two and a half shitty ones. And when you're in a shitty one, you don't have time to worry about, like, these macro-level societal issues, right? You're just, like, trying to get by day-to-day doing the best that you can. And then when you have the luxury to worry about bigger stuff, that's awesome. But that's not always a consistent thing for people, you know? So I think that's like one of the, um, I think that's one of the things that people miss over here is that they're like, oh, if I frame 
the thing about Trump as he cheated and the Russians helped him, right? Then I'll convince these other people to go apart from him. But it's like, if those other people are looking at it as like, well, this guy is my best path to continuing to get a paycheck, then they're going to go with him, you know? So it's just based on where your need structure is, like you said. There's no, there's no, the thing is, 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 I mean, I, I see a lot of it, again, personal perspective, but a lot of it is um, inflamed dramatically by the media. Absolutely. And, and the kind of constant 24-hour news cycle. You know, when, when, when I was a kid, we had three, three TV channels. Yep, same. And, and news was an hour a night. Yep. Now you've got 24-hour news, and they've got to fill the spots. Yep. And they've got to say something, and they've got to cover something. And obviously, if there's a fight between somebody going on, that's far more entertaining than if there isn't a fight. So it's a very much to me, like, again, it's like the playground of you get two kids facing off, the media gather around and start shouting fight, and eventually something starts to turn Yeah, and then, um, and, and then they film it, and then they report it, and you know, so. Yeah. And what, then the Jeff, other, so, sorry. Like, oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that it, it, it doesn't matter which, you know, alignment media is, they all want to fight and they're right. all stirring it, stirring it up. Right. And, and, you, and you can't, you, it's impossible, it seems impossible to stop that machine from, from, from rolling forward. Yep. Um, it seems very hard, at least. And then I was going to say the other thing with it that's crazy is... Because in boom times, like advertising revenue is good or whatever, now you have people in the media making $12 million a year plus, right? And they're trying to report on <laughs> issues about like about people like rioting who, who make like $300 a week, right? And it's like, I'm sorry, but if you make a million dollars a month, it is almost impossible in your brain to relate to covering a story about the actions of people in poverty, right? So much like the politicians moved away from an, an understanding of the common man or whatever, so did media, you know? Because yeah. now you have all these elites in media too, and it's like, man, these people don't understand. Like, They, they don't know how to relate to... Uh, they don't know how to relate to these stories they're covering, you know. I mean, I, I you, you were sort of saying about solutions. I, I've been coming to the conclusion recently that, I mean, I'll give it some perspective. I, when I, when I, again, when I was a kid, um, my my mother used to put up a vote conservative, so that's you know our Republican Party, if you like. In, in, in one window, and my dad would put up a vote Labour poster in the other window. So that, that was kind of my background, is that you could have opposing views and still live in the same house. Um, and, and, I, and I sort of grew up with, with, with that sort of background. And, and um, I think we got to a stage where it, it feels like capitalism is failing. Right. It, it feels like it's in, in some kind of, I mean, we've had all these economic jolts this obviously covid being a massive one that we haven't even got an idea of what that's going to look like on on the other side as it were 
Um, and it doesn't seem to be serving people well. It feels like it's 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 collapsing. It's got too top heavy and too out of balance. And, you know, things go wrong and the bankers get paid out. But the the people at the bottom suffer like hell. And and so, you know, begin to ask, well, is there another is there another option? And of course, if you if you ask that, you get told you're a communist by you know, a whole bunch of people. But but you'd think that there would there's the need perhaps we for for some form of different um, cap, different capitalism you know some new form it's not it's not you know one side or the other we did have a thing Tony Blair tried to push here called the third way oh yeah I think I've heard that yeah and I don't I don't think it's that either but but that there is. It feels like there's, I mean, you could call it compassionate capitalism. I don't know what you call it, but, you know, there are other shocks on the way if you believe the way that tech is going to have an impact on society. Um, the way in which, you know, wealth is, is ever more polarizing because you've got the sorts of people you talked about earning in the millions a week or the millions a month. And, and people scraping around at the bottom, and it, it can't continue because those those gaps are one not fair and two highly visible. Um, and and put those two things together, and it, it's it's you know it's it's not sustainable. So, you, but you just wonder where that third solution might might sort of arise from, because I can't see it. I can't see where it's going to come from unless people do take to the street with sticks and you know, do, 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 do terrible things. And we don't want that to happen either. So it, it's, it's a conf I don't know. I don't know where it's going to come from. We can't have a discourse, you know, so people aren't talking about it. You're on one side or the other and more and more polarised isn't, isn't going to get us there. So um, I suppose the only comfort you can take is I, I, I can remember when I, I um, again, going back to my, my school days, the, the, uh, I can remember we, 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 I did, I went to a, uh, I went to a private school. Um, I, I was in one of these things where you, the, the government helped you to be socially mobile. So I ended up getting what we called a free place. So I got a scholarship basically to a uh -huh. private school. Um, so, uh, which was great. And we did Latin. And I, I can remember reading some letters written by some bloke back in, you know, 300 BC or whatever, saying, you know, isn't it terrible? You know, the, the, the world's coming to an end. You know, everyone's behaving so badly and the young people nowadays don't behave respectfully. And, you know, they're doing this and that in the streets. And, uh, you know, the, I'm sure the world's going to end in the next 20 years. And, and it kind of was ever thus. It's, it's every generation think they're the last generation that, you know, it, it, that uh, it, is going to survive and the next one it's all going to fall apart because I guess that's part of getting slightly older and <laughs> seeing things slightly different. So maybe it's just a cycle. It just looks pretty, <laughs> pretty hectic. <laughs> Thank you.